success in the new retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. And this is the Success in the New Retirement Podcast with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. My name is Mark Owens, and it's all powered by Acute Wealth Advisors. All the information, you can find it at successinthenewretirement.com. Let's go ahead and get to it this week. We know that President Biden wants to nearly double the capital gains tax rate for those who make at least a million or more. Well, CNBC, Robert Frank tells us that the president wants to start collecting that money before you can even have a chance to protect it. President Biden officially calling for the largest capital gains tax increase in history to be retroactive. If this passes and you sold stocks or a business or property after April 28th of this year, you could owe back taxes. Okay, so let's assume that it all passes. Does that mean that we're out of luck in terms of our tax planning? Well, so, I mean, this is kind of unprecedented, right, where they've passed or they potentially are talking about passing a tax law that would kind of be retroactive, that basically as soon as it became public that this might happen, that somebody might go out and say, "Okay, I'm going to hurry up and sell my business or I'm going to sell this or this house or or, you know, anything to to avoid this potential higher tax. Mm -hmm. They're basically going to go back and say, hey, as of this date, if you moved on this, when we when you kind of were when you heard that we were even thinking about doing this that it's all retroactive. So that's pretty crazy. Um, That's not really ever really happened, or at least recently. And so, you know, that's kind of unprecedented. And so it will have kind of a big impact there. The real question is, how does that impact you? So again, the the caveat on there is you have to make more than a million dollars before it starts really impacting you. So for most people, the chance of them having capital gains or total income in a given year of a million dollars pretty small percentage. There's not a lot of people, unless you're selling some office building or some property that's really gone up in value, most people probably aren't there out there selling a bunch of stock that's going to generate a million dollars in gains Mm -hmm. and uh, along with any other income they have. So the real question is, is how is this really going to impact me? And, and I think where the trickle down effect with this might be is that you'd say, okay, well, you know, it might not be me that's liquidating shares. It might not be me that's, that's making these adjustments. But what if some of the big investors out there start selling some of their investments? What if some of these bigger investors or hedge funds or other entities start selling off their stocks because they're trying to reposition or capture some capital gains or try to avoid this? Does that cause some volatility in your portfolio? Does that affect your retirement funds? Does that cause, you know, the markets to kind of go up and down because a bunch of people are trying to capture these capital gains? And I think that's a likely scenario. So again, it's all retroactive. So people now are going to go, okay, well, I can't maybe just avoid this altogether, but could I start selling some stuff and maybe they start selling in increments so they don't get above a million dollars, but they keep that below that threshold and that causes some volatility in the market. I think that's a likely scenario. So if you're looking at your overall financial plan, this is another one of those wake up calls that says, okay, maybe I got pretty aggressive in the stock market over the past little bit. Maybe it's time that I get more back to kind of my long-term planning. And I would say, Mark, that some people, as you're listening today, may have tuned out once you said, you know, once somebody makes over a million dollars. And and that's the last thing we'd want people to do. You know, just in the last few weeks, we sent out to all of our clients a letter that said, you know, there's some opportunities out there to be tax efficient and to create and that they're likely going to go away with some of the new proposals and things. And and we got a lot of people coming in and and calling and, and we've been able to identify a lot of opportunities for people that aren't making a million dollars. A lot of these are retirees. There are opportunities 
opportunities right now to pay lower taxes on some of your 401ks and IRAs in preparation for turning 72 and a half where they have to start taking required minimum distributions. And if that's a few years out and if you look forward, they're likely going to be paying tax on that at 20, 25% when right now they could be paying at a net effect less than 10 or or 12% or even 15%. And that's what Matt and I are constantly preaching to our clients and for people that, that come in from the radio is how can we help you keep dollars in your pocket? Market Watch had an interesting take on tax planning. It said that you shouldn't change your financial behavior just to avoid taxes. Now, gentlemen, a good tax strategy is one that allows you to keep doing what you want to do while reducing your tax liabilities in the process. Do you agree with that statement from MarketWatch? Well, for sure. So uh, there was another report that came out that talked about how the the billionaires never pay any taxes, that it was like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and all these guys, they didn't pay taxes. And, And people get up in arms about that. But what they don't realize is these guys are also investing in a bunch of businesses and they have tons of losses to write off. And so, yeah, they avoided paying, you know, 20, 30, 40% on their money, but it cost them a dollar to save 30 or 40 cents to, to accomplish that, right? They, right. they lost a dollar over here to avoid paying 30 cents on that dollar in taxes. So it wasn't like it was necessarily the greatest investment. I've heard people say, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that to save taxes. And I'm like, well, you're going out and buying a brand new truck because you want this write-off and that dollar, you're, you're paying a dollar to save 20, 30% on that same dollar. It's, it doesn't make sense, but there are a bunch of things that you can do in retirement or as you prepare for retirement that take make you more tax efficient. And that's what Damon and I are trying to do is like, look, how do I just give Uncle Sam less, but keep doing the things that I want to do? And one of the one of the examples that we that Damon had mentioned, we'd sent out a letter to our clients and of strategies they could be considering for their situation. One of the things is what you do with your required minimum distribution. So right now in this country, if you have money in an IRA account, a 401k, a 403b, any of those tax deferred retirement accounts that you had an incentive to save in while you were preparing for retirement. At age 72, you have to take what's called a required minimum distribution. Mm -hmm. And every year the government calculates out, okay, you have this much in your account, you have to take this much out. So for example, if you had about $300,000 in an account, you would have to take out about $10,000 at age 72 to satisfy that required minimum distribution. But what a lot of people don't realize is that you potentially could take that money and donate that to a charity or to a church and avoid that showing that income on your tax return. And so again, you are giving $10,000 away to avoid paying tax on $10,000. So let's say your tax bracket was 20%. Well, that means that $10,000, you'd have to pay $2,000 in tax. If you give that $10,000 away, well, you have $10,000 less but you didn't pay any tax on it either, right? Okay. So the scenario is, again, if you're just like, oh, well, I don't wanna pay taxes, you would be better for you to pay the tax than just give that money away. But if you're already giving to charities, there's a very creative way to give that money and get a tax write-off. So the other thing that changed about our tax code is you no longer, most people aren't itemizing their deductions anymore because the standard deduction, especially for, for retirees, is so high that most people just take the standard deduction. So all of these charitable contributions that you'd been making in the past and all of these medical expenses, things like that, it doesn't really matter. You don't have to itemize those. You're not keeping track of those. So here's, here's a tax strategy that you could take. And again, if your financial advisor is not talking to you about these type of things, 
you are missing out. These are the things that you should be getting advice on. They should be giving you advice on not only what your investments are doing, but how to avoid taxes and do it in a strategic way. So again, I have a client mm -hmm. and they make a tie to their church. And so they have about seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 a year in income and they pay a 10% tie to their church. And so on an annual basis, they pay seven to $8,000 to their, to their church. And they believe strongly in that, and that's something they do religiously, and, and they feel like that's something they should be doing. And, and so it's not a difference. It's not something they're doing just for taxes. But when they eliminated the standard deductions or eliminated the itemization and just went to the standard deduction, they no longer got this benefit for putting this six or $7,000 um, that they were, they were donating. They weren't able to write that off. But they just recently turned 72, and so they're having to take these required minimum distributions. And I said, look, here's a way that you can still take advantage of a tax deduction. And what we did is instead of them having that money distributed to them, they sent that money directly to the charity and to the church. Okay. And so by doing a direct transfer, what ended up happening is they didn't have to show that six or $7,000 income coming in on their tax return, but they still got that write-off. And so they were still able to then take a deduction of about $1,500 to $2,000 off of their taxes, right? So again, they, they were able to take advantage of the write-off and they didn't have to show the income. So they got a huge benefit. They just saved you know, a good amount of money on their taxes and they still made the charitable contribution. And all they did was did a direct transfer. And it's, you know, it's a little bit more complicated than that. We have to go through some certain steps to make sure that that's done properly, but that's what our staff does. Mm -hmm. But that is a simple way to do something that you have always been doing. If you pay tithes or you donate to the Boys and Girls Club or you donate to United Way, there is a way that you can do that with your retirement dollars to avoid paying tax on that required minimum distribution that the government wants you to pay tax on. Well, and Mark, here's another example of, you know, maybe you're not even close to age 72 in those required minimum distributions, but you're close to determining whether or not you should take Social Security or not. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I, we had some clients that came in after listening to the radio show. Uh, they're snowbirds uh, from Minnesota, and uh, he had already filed to claim his Social Security at a at his full retirement age, 66 years old. And when he came in, we looked at it and I said, you know, has anyone talked to you about the ramifications of claiming your Social Security right now? and how the provisional tax is going to work on that and how it's going to cause more of your income to be taxed at a higher rate. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, by claiming your Social Security now, now instead of, they only had one of the benefits, his wife's benefit claimed right now, and so only 50% of their Social Security was going to be taxed. By claiming his, it now is going to put it to where 85% of their Social Security was going to be taxed. So more of their monthly income was going to be taxed by him claiming that versus if he just waited. And we talked about, okay, by by waiting, you're going to get an 8% increase on your benefit now. You have plenty of money sitting in these, these IRAs. If we take money from there, it's not going to cause that provisional income to kick in. Your tax isn't going to go up, and it's going to be better for you. You're going to be able to draw dollars out of there in preparation for six or seven years from now when you do have that required minimum distribution. We're going to be able to get dollars out of here at low rates right now because you're able to, to stay in that 12% tax bracket. So we talked about just repositioning. They still need the same amount of income. It's just about, about where to take it so they can keep more of the tax dollars in their pocket again versus Uncle Sam's. Right. And, you know, I want to go back to what you said here about when it comes to giving to a charity that you've always given to your entire life. 
Do you have people that come to see you and they're like, look, I have this retirement plan. Does that mean I have to stop giving money to my favorite charities? Or do you work with them to make sure that they can still continue to give you know, part of their paycheck to what they love? Again, our goal with anybody when they come into retirement is to be able to maintain the lifestyle that they want, that they've been accustomed to, and that they enjoy. So if part of your enjoyment is giving away some of your money to, to be charitable, to pay a tithe, whatever that might be, well, we need to make sure that the plan will let you to accomplish that as well. And so it comes down to looking at what your income sources are, how we can be more tax efficient when we're doing that, how do we get a write-off if we can make that happen, and just taking those steps to kind of figure out how we can get the best bang for our buck and still do the exact things that you've always wanted to do. And so again, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be like, well, we can save you $20 over here if you give away $100. And you're like, well, I wasn't planning on giving away the $100. <laughs> right. Well, but you could save $20, you know, so it costs you 100 bucks to save $20, right? It doesn't make any sense. But if you were already giving that money away and that was something you had always wanted to do that was part of your, your financial plan, it's part of your, you know, who you are, then obviously let's figure out how we can take advantage of that and reduce how much you're giving Uncle Sam on the flip side. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.